Today on this Easter Sunday, I'm going to deal with the subject of aftermath. Can you say that? Aftermath. After an explosion, let's just say there's a huge explosion. You see the debris and you see the smoke. But what can you see? What do you see afterwards is the aftermath. This is important for you to remember this as we go forward. What you, we can see after the explosion is the aftermath. Today is that high day. Today is a high day for the church of Jesus Christ where we celebrate our risen Savior. And truly, can you say truly? Truly, Jesus paid it all. On that day, on the day he died, the people couldn't see the battle that was raging literally before them. There was a battle raging on the cross of Calvary leading up to Easter Sunday morning, to Resurrection Day. The cross was ground zero. The cross was ground zero for the greatest attack. Now listen to this. It was not only the greatest attack but also the greatest peace treaty on planet earth was happening at the same time. The greatest attack and the greatest peace treaty on the planet earth as the king of glory shed his blood. This is important for you to remember because a lot of preachers teach and there was a battle raging on the cross of Calvary, but there was also a peace treaty being signed between man and God. And it with the enemy, it, it was an apparent victory. The cross was an apparent victory for the enemy of our soul. But in the aftermath, in the aftermath, something occurred in the aftermath. John 19, verse 28 says, And after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, all things were accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. He's on the cross. Now there was a vessel set full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put, up, uh, put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, I, want to, I was reminded this week of a statement that I made many years ago. I want you to notice he didn't say, it is over. He said, it is finished. Because in the aftermath, there was a whole lot of things going on. The smoke was settling. All of heaven and all of hell was watching. And according to Hebrews, uh, according to the Hebrew tradition, at that time that Jesus died, at three o'clock, the ninth hour, which is the ninth hour, the high priest would kill the sacrificial lamb and say, it is finished. Now, the same thing Jesus did, he died at the same time they were killing the sacrificial lamb. This offering that the, that the high priest did was temporal. What was it for? Was for a, to, to erase sin for a season. The difference is when Jesus, in the aftermath, when Jesus died and shed his blood, our sin has been washed away. It's gone. You see, that which the high priest did was temporal, but what Jesus did was eternal. Jesus fulfilled all things. But this wasn't the end. 
Are you hearing me? But that wasn't the end. For you see, Jesus was laid in a borrowed tomb and left in the valley of death. But he's left in the valley of death in, the, in a garden tomb. But everybody say, but always you've got to know. God puts that butt in there. In the darkness of the tomb, there was an explosion of light. An explosion of light. And death gave way to the king of glory. Isn't that powerful? When you understand that explosion was so great that the men that were watching the grave, they became as dead men. Immobilized them. In the aftermath, Matthew 28, verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. I want you to hear, hear me. Everything that led up even on the cross, there was a great sh shaking, an earthquake. Matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, many of the saints that had died and gone on were raised from the dead. A lot of people don't preach that, but that happened. They were raised from the dead and they went and showed themselves to their friends and family. But here, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Now, here's what's interesting to me. If you'll notice, Jesus didn't have to have the stone rolled back. I'm going to leave that with you, some of you Bible scholars. I looked at that. The angel came, descended from heaven, and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was as lightning, and his raiment as white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. <clears throat> the explosion of power, the explosion of the glory, the explosion of God's light. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. My point's taken. The stone didn't have to be moved for Jesus. I've never heard anybody talk about that before. You have? My son said he did. I've never heard it. The stone didn't have to be moved. He is not here. He is risen. And as he said, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So the angel is showing them he's not there. So in the aftermath, I want you to understand what God did for you. Hell doesn't want you to know it. Satan doesn't want you to know it. There's people around you that don't want you to understand it. But he said in Romans 8, 28, the good uh, apostle said, no, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that love God. Now understand, God did something that day. He did that for the people that he loved. Who was, the, who was that group of people? At that moment, he died for the planet Earth, everybody on it. And we know that all, all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. <clears throat> he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen to that carefully. The firstborn among many what? Brethren. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. 
That's what he accomplished. That's what happened on that day, on that great resurrection day. In the aftermath, in the aftermath, after the smoke cleared, Jesus was the righteous seed that would bring forth a bountiful harvest of souls. You are my, you, you, my friend, are part of that harvest, that bountiful harvest, because Jesus paid it all. In the aftermath, all of hell rejoiced until they heard a voice. What do you mean? Hell was happy. They didn't know quite what was going on, but they knew this was a, a good man. They knew that obviously God's hand was upon him, <clears throat> but they were real happy he was dead. And all of hell rejoiced until in the aftermath, they heard a voice that shook the walls of Satan's domain. The voice of Jesus rung out through the halls of hell. The voice of Jesus taking authority it was the voice of the Lamb of God, and he took the keys of hell and, the hell and death. He took them. Jesus has control. I want you to hear me today. <clears throat> because of what happened on the cross and what happened when he came forth from the tomb in the aftermath, the Romans couldn't stop him. Oh, the Roman Empire was a... Was a, was a, a, a an iron-eating beast. But they couldn't stop the king of glory. The high priest and all his officials couldn't stop him. Hell couldn't stop him. Death could not stop, <coughs> stop him, excuse me. For death had to give way to victory. He is alive. Say that with me. He is alive. Make no mistake. Jesus Christ paid it all, and in the aftermath stands you. In the aftermath, Jesus is my king. Watch this. In the aftermath, Jesus becomes, he is my king. He is my savior. Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's the life giver. Not only that, Jesus is my way when I'm lost. He is the truth when I'm in a confused state. And Jesus is my life when my circumstances seem to strangle me. Are you hearing me? My circumstances begin to strangle me. He pulls the fingers of pain and hurt and strife from around me and says to me in the aftermath of all these things I've mentioned, he says, live. I say, live. I want to say this. To you today, <clears throat> Jesus is standing saying, live in the aftermath. Live. So this is what happened in the aftermath, 1 Corinthians 6, 14. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Because he did what he did, we shall be raised up. Look at Romans 8, 10. And if Christ be in you. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. You understand in the aftermath, he took care of that death that we walk around in. Because he died and he rose again. Now, we're no longer dead in trespasses and sins. We accept him. It's gone. It's been eradicated. We don't have to have a lamb die for us or an ox die for us. We don't have to have an animal's blood. We got the blood of the king of glory. 
And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. If that spirit dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. You shall be quickened. You shall come alive. That's powerful stuff. After the explosion, the explosion of God's work. What happened that day, 2,000 something years ago? After the explosion, as the earth did quake on Calvary, as the earth did shake and quake at the death of our Lord, when the smoke had cleared, watch this, when the smoke had cleared, you look through it and you'll see Jesus was still standing. After the smoke had cleared, Jesus was still standing because he was the authority. He is the prince of glory. He is our king of kings and lord of lords. So after the smoke cleared, stood Jesus. For the most part, in the aftermath, most people see it as a total ruin. I see it as something far different. I see it as a place of growth, a place of life, a place of harvest. After all Jesus went through, he is still standing and saying today, here in 2021, he's saying Matthew 8, 11, 28, come unto me, come unto me because of the aftermath. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. I ministered that a few weeks ago. When you understand that rest is the most important thing you can do, when you rest in the Lord and take good courage, take courage, rest. When God says something to you, rest in it. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You know why most people are not getting healed? They're not resting. You know why people aren't prosperous in all their ways? They're not resting. But in the aftermath, what he did, he gave us rest. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The price has been paid today. Let me say that again. The price has been paid today. But what do you have to do? You have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You have to accept the one that came forth from the grave. The angels themselves want to look upon those things that we, that's been afforded to us, that's been given to us. But God is great. God is merciful. And he saved us. And I want to say this to somebody as I continue you today, your life can change. On this Easter Sunday morning, your life can forever change. All you have to do is, is wherever you are, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I believe your word is the word. And your word <clears throat> will never fail me. And once you say that and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, something starts to happen. There's an explosion within you. You'll see things change in your life. You'll see things change in your heart. You'll see things change in your mind. Don't you want that? 
I want that. I personally want that. Let me say this. The price has been paid and you are free from the curse of sin. Are you hearing me? The price has been paid and you are free from the curse of sin. The curse that was laid upon mankind in the garden, we have been released from it in the aftermath. When Jesus said, it is finished, hear me, it is finished was your beginning. It is finished was your beginning. All you have to do is rest in the Lord and be of good courage because God is on your side in the aftermath. My goodness. There's something I want to mention to you now that happened on the cross and which I believe is extremely important. <clears throat> I was praying one day about someone. They were very sick. And I was praying and God spoke to me and said, today he will be with me in paradise. It was a few hours. They called and said this person had gone on to be into the heavenly realm. So I looked at this and one of, in Luke 23, 39, this is important. And one of the malefactors, thieves that was hanging beside Jesus, which were hanged, railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save yourself, thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, dost thou not fear God seeing that thou art in the same condition? Even the thieves got into an argument and we indeed justly, we we're getting our just reward. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And so remembering that, I started researching paradise. Today you shall be with me in paradise. When you look at the word paradise and you look at it in different, in, in following the translations, in the original you find out that the def definition reads like this. Today you will be with me in Eden. My God have mercy. If that don't shake you to your core. Today you will be with me in Eden. A place of happiness. That's what it means. In the aftermath, Jesus abolished the curse and gave us back entrance into the garden of God. If that don't make you happy, something's wrong with you. He gave us Eden. That which we've been expelled from, Jesus <clears throat> becomes the way, the truth, and the life. He becomes the door back into the garden. I want to pray for you right now on this Easter Sunday morning. And I hope you heard what I said. God can change your life. Thank you for watching today. If you're watching by Facebook, share it. This is important. YouTube, subscribe to the channel. But what's more important than all that, give your heart to Jesus Christ. Turn your life around. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've given me to be just a voice. A voice crying out, Lord, that people's lives can be changed, that people's lives can be altered. In the aftermath, their life can be altered and changed. 
They don't realize, God, the explosion that happened on that day. Not only on Calvary, but at the tomb. God, such an explosion, explosion of glory and power and might. And because of that, my life is changed in the aftermath. So, Lord, I'm asking you right now to hear the heart's cries of the people that are before me. Let them sense your glory. Let them know, Lord, that today this is a small word. It's a quick word. But, Lord, I know it's quick and sharp and it'll do the job. Father, heal those that need healing. Save those that need saving. And deliver those that need deliverance. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, and it shall come to pass that this will be the greatest Easter Sunday morning for the people that are watching here and for the people that are in at our service today. It'll be the greatest Easter service they've ever experienced because you're here. After In the aftermath, you're still with us. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for watching. I love you. I'll be back next week with a new series that we're starting called Back to Basics. So tune in and get ready for what God is going to do. I'll say again, happy Easter. God be with you. I'll see you next week.